What's going on, everybody? Welcome to an episode of Cool Talks. I'm your host, Grady Cool, and with me, I'm my lovely co-host, Jack. And on this show, we like to get the lessons and perspectives of people from all walks of life in order to maybe learn a thing or two and then maybe be able to actually apply it to our own lives. This week, we have our lovely guest, Daniel Alcon. Do you want to say hi? Hi, thank you very much. I'm glad to be part of the Cool Talks. Definitely. Glad to have you. This week, we're going to be talking specifically about LinkedIn and networking, how to use the two, why LinkedIn can be a very powerful tool, and then what exactly you can use networking for in terms of finding a job, being able to use it for sales, and much more. So stick around. So uh, could you give us some background info on yourself, uh, you know, for the audience to kind of understand who you are and what you do? With pleasure. My name is Daniel Alphon, and I'm a LinkedIn specialist. And I became a LinkedIn specialist accidentally. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's uh, I people usually stumble into. Oops. <laughs> just, just like this is my uh, first Discord uh, uh, conversation, if you'd like. Then at one point there was a cool thing called uh, called LinkedIn back in 2004, before you guys were uh, were in this planet, and uh, somebody sent me an invitation, and I wanted to check it out. And two years later, I got my first sales job, and I needed to carry quota. And I didn't start. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't successful in the first uh, month or so. And then LinkedIn simply showed me the name of the person I needed to reach out to. And from that moment on, my sales cycle was uh, significantly shortened. And I decided to dive into LinkedIn. And I realized social was becoming too large for one person to encompass and I wanted to specialize and started when I when I started specializing I started helping friends and those friends helped, uh, asked me to train theirs their sales force so fast forward forward today this is my specialty gotcha okay I guess a couple things for that for me is one I had no clue LinkedIn's been around that long I <laughs> it's probably been five or six years now like I came into college and started hearing a lot more about it and then finally started using it but I didn't know it was one of like one of the earliest websites as far as web 2.0 kind of yeah you're telling me MySpace and LinkedIn were like active at the same time (laughs) that's wild to me (laughs) it is wild I guess the other question for me is um, do you kind of got into a job way back into it when it was kind of first kind of picking up its steps i guess what initially brought you into it in the first place into the sales job yes or was the sales um, job with linkedin or was it that you were just using linkedin for help with okay. the sales it's the second scenario i didn't explain oh. myself clear i'm not i'm not affiliated with linkedin i never was uh, simply just uh, LinkedIn helped me uh, perform my job better and, uh, and and uh, it was a mutual friend who introduced me to the CEO of the company who was looking for uh, a VP sales and, and from that moment on uh, after a couple of interviews I, I landed this job and uh, and then everything started for me okay interesting so the sales thing was uh kind of your primary mode and then like you said you sort of accidentally fell into this linkedin and it just kind of snowballed and came more and more of your of your career 
Yeah, Jack, that, that's the way to put it, because uh, I had signed up for LinkedIn two years earlier, but I, I still used it just as a glorified Rolodex, if you'd like, just to connect with right. a couple of people I knew well. And then I, I saw that when I ran a search for uh, people's uh, uh, job description in a certain metro area, I could find them, the, the name of the person I, I needed to reach out to. And in back, back at the time, just finding that because it was an innovative product, just to uh, identify the right person within the company, that was at least one third of the sales process. Hmm. And bam, LinkedIn just enabled me to know this is the John Doe I needed to reach out to. And, and from that enabled me to close more sales, to get my job done faster and better, to have more quality in, in my uh, um, uh, sales. And, and that's the way it really started. That seems like pretty helpful for someone who's trying to get plenty of sales, especially specifically in like a certain area. I guess my perception of LinkedIn as someone who's used it to get jobs is that it's used to get sales for people who use it as kind of like a social media website and then like salesmen either use it to contact them or it's like there's a fair amount of business to business that happens there and then there's also a lot of recruiting. But I feel like my knowledge on LinkedIn is still fairly limited despite having used it for over five years now. Um, as someone who's used it, obviously, a lot longer and knows a lot more about it, how can people use LinkedIn to improve their careers that they might not know about? Excellent. So the first question uh, Grady would ask is, how does that person's career look like? In an ideal world, where would you like, would it, where would they like to be, say, in three years' time? Gotcha. Maybe they would. So, so perhaps we could uh, use a real, a real-life example of someone who's eighteen or twenty. And yeah, I mean, you can use like... me as an example. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was eighteen, just started college. You know, for my degree in chemical engineering, and I want a job. Mm -hmm. You know, in the semiconductor industry when I graduate. How does? How do you go from A to B? Excellent. So. One thing you could do is is start um, building a a, comp a target company list, mm -hmm. and say w whether Intel is relevant in your case, or Nvidia, or AMD, or any of any of the companies. And and then um, think about it this way. Let's or three questions. Question number one: Who's your ideal reader on LinkedIn? So what would be your answer? The moment you, you graduate, you want to, let's use one of those companies, who would be your ideal reader on LinkedIn? Probably like a uh, hiring manager from like Intel or some somebody like that. Cool, excellent. So what if, if we were able to add to this Discord uh, that hiring manager and you were able to share your screen and show him your LinkedIn profile, what action would you like that hiring manager from that company to perform after they visit your profile? Like what, what, what do I want them to like focus in on, on the profile? After they read your profile, mm -hmm. say they, they're looking for someone like you, they've never heard of you, they're looking, they're looking at your profile, what would you like them to do after they, they discover you, if you'd like? Well, I'd love for them to reach out to me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, excellent. So now the last question is, look at your profile and, and ask yourself, if I were that hiring manager, and I was looking for someone with my skill set, when I look at my profile for five seconds, is it interesting enough for them to start scrolling and discovering what I bring to the table? 
do I mention my chemical engineering uh, degree in a prominent way? Do I mention the, t the keywords semiconductor? Do I mention things that are likely to resonate with them and make them understand that I could be a good solution for their hiring needs? And simply think of it as a funnel. They need to discover you. They need to learn more about you. So your profile is the first step. If you two share a mutual connection, then what that mutual connection thinks about you may influence the hiring decision, the hiring manager's decision to reach out to you or not. And they should be, they should find it easy to contact you outside of LinkedIn. Okay. So you got to make every step of the process very streamlined and easy for the, uh, the hiring manager to uh, flow through. Yeah, I would... Uh, uh, your uh, profile or our profiles are not here to serve us. They're here to serve our ideal reader. So if you go back to the sales uh, uh, people that Grady uh, mentioned, then it's it, the, hiring, the um, ideal prospect is our ideal reader. But if you're a graduate looking for a new position, then the hiring manager, your future hiring manager, is your ideal reader. And your answer to that question could change. You know, in two years' time or, or two years ago, it would have been different. But simply think of it as, think of your LinkedIn presence as a website and not as a CV. What okay. I mean by that is that it needs to convert your ideal reader. So I think it's a, a really interesting way to look at your own LinkedIn profile, not as serving yourself, but more as... A a page for for someone else to uh, be viewing. Uh, I've always kind of looked at my own profile somewhat selfishly, you know, kind of, you know, humble bragging about this or that. So, and you know, just being kind of, you know, proud of myself. So the concept of using it in that way, like with somebody else in mind, it, it sounds like a no brainer, but like when I think about what I've actually yeah, done, like, it really hasn't fit with me, that. Personally, I've always thought of it as like kind of like a resume. Yeah. Like it's, Someone can look at your headline. They might get interested in your profile. It's like a resume with a picture. Right. Um, and yet from what you're saying, it's like, yes, you tailor resumes sometimes, but it seems like your LinkedIn profile, you can tailor a lot more to like a specific person than you can necessarily a resume. It's like you need to provide a lot more description and maybe not as much like search results orientated type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, there, there are many points you mentioned that are uh, important. First of all, LinkedIn is what you'd like it to be for you. Okay, so different people can listen to this conversation and have completely different answers. For one person, it would mean A, and for the, another person, it would mean B. Right. Um, uh, simply asking someone if, if you two could uh, go to the LinkedIn app and visit each other's uh, LinkedIn profile, you could ask each other, okay, what do you think when you see that picture or when you see that headline? If I were looking for a, a, a junior position in, in Intel, what questions would you, would you ask first? And am I providing those answers in the order you'd like? And, this, and you could do the same thing for, for Grady. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess the question that comes to mind after hearing that is, what's like a common mistake people make when they set up their LinkedIn profiles? There, there are many. Um, let's say this. Um, the most important thing is that their profile 
does not speak for itself. And whenever we run a search for someone's full name, then their LinkedIn profile is likely to be top of the list. Even if you, you have never, you have uh, barely logged into to the link to LinkedIn for, for you know, maybe last time was a year and a half ago, it would still top Google. So you need to manage it. You can't let LinkedIn call the shots. You need to, to take it the way you want it and think about your Another difference between your CV and your uh, LinkedIn profile is that your CV is basically a track record of what it is you've done so far. Whereas LinkedIn can enable you to say or to show what you'd like to do next. Like looking ahead, six months from now, this is what I'd like to do. And LinkedIn can go that, that, way, that route. Gotcha. Um, we, we can go over uh, a series of, of LinkedIn mistakes, if you'd like. And, and... I think for now, we can kind of leave it at that, just so we don't get yeah, too be... far into the weeds with things. Yeah, that, that would be fine. What, what I want to get into now is uh, what exactly LHH is. What, what, what do you do with that? Can you kind of explain what that is? Sure. LHH is uh, the world's largest uh, out and best outplacement firm stands for Lee Hecht Harrison and outplacement. Okay, gotcha. You're answering the same question I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, when Intel or other high tech companies need to let go of a certain number of employees, then the, the package they give them is often a service like LHH. And that means that the engineers that need to leave the company due to uh, the Intel uh, if they had a bad quarter or like three or four years ago that they, they went through a series of of, uh, of cuts then those people those people are, who are laid off will get a voucher to LHH and LHH would help them find their next job faster and better hmm. like a career center if you like that helps um, employees find the ideal job for them it could start with helping those employees understand what their next move look like, looks like and improve their infrastructure, their CV, their LinkedIn profile, and, and, and their interview skills, their negotiation skills, onboarding to the next position, like a whole package of, of improving the, their, um, their uh, job hunt, if you'd like. So it's more than... So it's not quite recruiting because a recruiter works for a company and tries to pull people into that company. You're kind of describing like a, almost like a job hunting concierge service. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. I, I didn't know that was a thing to be honest. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> is it only for people that have like lost their jobs or is it, let's say going back to the example of Jack who was yeah. just coming out of college and was trying to find a job in the semiconductor industry. Would you guys help someone like him as well? Um, the cruel answer is we couldn't. Oh. Because LHH only works with the companies, if you'd like. Oh, I see. So it's it's a company-to-company -company interaction. A, pri a single individual can't buy themselves a contract with LHH. Right, sir. Yes. Interesting. Gotcha. I don't think I've ever heard of that niche before within kind of the entire recruiting realm. But it's actually kind of nice to think that there is 
a nice focus on people who just lost their job being able to actually get another job makes it so maybe there's a hope of people not just being stuck. Yeah, that's actually, that's a pretty decent thing for a company to do if they're yeah. going to lay off a lot of people. So I guess how did you end up becoming, working with LHH? Um, LHH, um, back at the time, it was a company called uh, DBM, Rigby Maureen, that was acquired later by, by LHH. Uh, they moved into Israel, and I was my um, boss back then introduced me to the uh, um, franchise manager here in Israel, and uh, she uh, we we had a, a very good meeting, and, and then we started working together. Um, and LJ has been my client for over two decades now. Um, sometimes it's a couple of hours a month, sometimes it's a couple of hours a day, um, but it's always interesting and I, I, I was privileged to work with and meet, thanks to LHH, thousands of amazing people. There is no one, there is no way in the world I could have met those people in any other way. People working for startups, engineers, managers, leaders, who people who know what they want to do. People have no clue about what they want, what they want to do, and the end of the cycle is the best. You know, when they when they reach out to you and and, and they thank you when they start working for another company. That's really uh, an amazing feeling to uh, to have. Yeah, that that does sound like a pretty rewarding uh, experience. Are you uh, so you don't work directly for LHH? Are you like an independent contractor? Yes, that's right. Yes. Interesting. And it sounds like pretty much people from all areas of life get laid off pretty much from anywhere. So it sounds like you get to talk to some people from all parts of the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Grady. And, and that um, made me develop uh, an ability. to. I, I need to be able to speak with anyone for a couple of minutes without their understanding. I know nothing about their uh, their field, if you'd like. Mm. I, I need to, to be to be able to chat with chemical engineers and, and only when they leave they would think but how does that person ask those questions like I, I, I and, and and you need to do this for DevOps engineers and for special uh, manufacturing specialists and for su customer success managers and people who've been with the company for 15 years or people who have started working for the company for six years people who could be 22 years old people could be near retirement so it, it's really uh, an, a way to discover people who are in different uh, positions and in different uh, um, points in their career interesting so it kind of kind of pushed you to become this sort of jack of all trades you kind of understand a little bit about everything Yes, a little bit about everything, and and my specialty has become LinkedIn because I I've um, uh, moderated their LinkedIn the LHH LinkedIn workshop for um, 15 years or so. That means I I knew that each month I needed to improve my presentation and my slide deck and, and make it uh, um, even more appealing and, and and better. So my specialty is LinkedIn, and the career career transition, if you'd like, is the Jack of all trades. Gotcha. Hmm. So I, I feel like we've drilled really hard on kind of LinkedIn and specifically kind of processes you do personally around um, placing people, having how to be able to get sales specifically using LinkedIn. I feel like kind of taking things a little bit more broadly than that. 
there's just kind of the general concept of networking to be able to find whether it is that person you need to talk to to land a sale or to find a recruiter or to be able to find a job because most people I've talked to, I mean, whenever they talk about success they've had in kind of those one-on-one relationships, networking is a huge part of it and I feel like it's hard to get that in person, especially when you talk about something like the COVID era and LinkedIn is obviously one of the next best places to go. What do you recommend? I mean, if someone's completely new to the concept of networking, meaning let's say someone's been at the same company for 15 years and they're now thinking about either career change or just getting a different job or something like that, or I mean, even ranging to someone who is just a brand new person out of college, I mean, where does someone start with networking, whether that's in real life or whether that's LinkedIn, and then how do, what is that process of kind of stepping it up until you get where you want to be look like? Wow, that's a great question. Let me try and, and, and touch on a couple of uh, topics you uh, you mentioned, Greg. I think being aware of the importance of networking is the first step. Nothing can happen before you realize that. And the worst uh, condition or the worst uh, way to discover it is once you've been laid off after 15 years. Right, that's fair. Because because now, now you, you you go back and say, okay, if I if I understood back then that I, I would need to reach out to people I've worked with five years ago, three years ago, people who came uh, with me to to college, and, and I've never been in touch with them, so now I feel a bit awkward about reaching out to them and, and have some small talk because we've never spoken in, in over two years. So how do I do that? If we go back to the college uh, graduate or people in in their uh, in the beginning of their career, then most um, most people think that they don't really have a network. Okay, if they're 20 years old, they, they say, "Well, I only went to, to that university for two years. I don't really I don't really know enough people." And if they've been for the company for 20 years, they they say, "I only work for that for one company." If if switch companies, they they tell you. But I never stayed long enough to, to build a network. So I point A. Constantly, like I know oh. their name, but I never talk to them. How right. am I gonna call them up and be like, "Hey, you got any jobs for me?" And are they gonna remember you even too? Right. <laughs> I had a pretty slightly off topic here. I had a pretty uh, gut punch moment when I, I met, ran into one of my old high school teachers that I thought I was pretty close to. <laughs> Did not remember me at all. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So so let's think about um, networking when you don't need a job, and then we'll touch on networking when you do need a job. Okay. Yeah. Jack, when when once you start your new position, you're likely to meet all sorts of people in your new position. Right. And what you could do is simply ask yourself once a year, who are the two or five people that I really enjoyed working with, and I. I people that I'd like to keep in touch with, even if we're no longer here. Right. And the advantage of doing this when you're not looking for a job is that you can handpick the ones that are really fun to work with or fun to speak with, people you enjoyed working with. And if you don't do that, then one at one point down the road, you'll have to speak to people you really didn't enjoy working with. So pick a cup. If it's too much for you, pick one. If you're an overachiever, pick uh, 10. And, and when, once you do that, then let's, uh, uh, Grady, let's think about Vanguard, okay? Yeah. 
you, you, you worked with all sorts of people then or in, in the Arizona State University or now with Morgan Stanley. Can you think, what is the quota you think you can stick to? Is it one person a year? Is it one person a quarter? What do you think is, is manageable from your perspective? And Jack, what is your uh, perspective on that? How many people can you try to stay in touch with when you don't need them? Especially if it's something as simple as like sending a message on LinkedIn where it's like, oh, congratulations or happy birthday or like, hey, how's life going? Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, since I've been at my role a little longer than Grady has with his, uh, I feel like maybe a couple quarter is, is, per quarter is, is more realistic for me personally. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So let's try to combine this and, and, and any listeners can can change the numbers based on their personality and, and needs. But even once a, one person a quarter is fine. Why? Because you look at it in the long term. So for the next two years, if it's one person a quarter, you'll have eight people that you keep in touch with without needing anything from them. I'd like to elaborate on, on, on exactly what Grady said. Birthdays are an excellent way to reach out to people when you don't need them because there is no rush for you. You can simply reach out to them. And, and if you pick people you enjoyed working with, then let's take it one step further. LinkedIn will usually notify you when a connection of yours has a birthday today. But the, the, the what most people do is simply click on a message and sending them a, a cookie cutter happy birthday. If you care about that person and say March 28th comes and you wanted to reach out to Grady himself, then what I would suggest is, hear me out, leave LinkedIn. Don't do it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn may have just provided you the date, but now you need to reach out to that person. If you connected on LinkedIn, when you click on that person's contact info, you will usually see their email. In some cases, you will see their phone number. Whatever works for you, send them a customized message, ask how they've been, say that you've seen now that they've moved from one company to another, and doing that, performing that action once a quarter with one person is going to, to achieve two things for you. If you needed to reach out to that person in two years' time, then you would have feel a, a bit more comfortable asking them for help. Right, and they would, and they would look at you completely uh, differently because nobody likes to be remembered only when we need them. Yeah, and the trouble is, many people will forget about you, and then the minute their company posts a, a position, then eight people re will reach out to them accidentally on the same day and ask how they've been, and try to to schmooze them, and and, and then say, you know what, I I'm now. Uh, looking for a position and they see that your company is looking for xyz can you help me out mm. and the person the person who will have the edge is the is the person who has managed to keep in that in touch with those people without asking anything in return and the hard truth is that it's a lot easier to keep in touch with people than to meet new people it's just like customers if you have a customer then managing the relationship with a customer takes a lot less effort than acquiring a new customer. It's the same thing. That makes 
makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, preventative maintenance and all sorts of yeah. things is even, better. Even in my own life, when someone takes the time to see my little birthday message on Facebook, and then go <laughs> off of Facebook, hop on text messages, and send me a message that way, especially when they bother to put more than two words, you know, it feels nice. It's, it's, uh, it feels nice, and it's, I, I agree, it needs to be, uh, personalized and and think of it as some sort of insurance policy maybe you will, you will never need help for, from that person uh, in, ever but if you manage to do that and at one point there is a shakeout there's a problem there's a recession you, you your hiring manager changes you need to move to another state you need to, to change something and you you, you face the wall and these people or your relationships are way more important than what you do. I'm not saying this because what you what you know is not important. It is important. It's simply not enough. And when you get uh, deeper, when you you gain more experience and you get to manage more people, then networking becomes the best way for you to hear of new opportunities because some of those people would, would reach out to you and say see, that their company is now setting up this operation and they want someone to come and set it up. And that can happen before the company had a job description open to the public. And that means you're, you're competing in a much better environment than seeing the ad two months down the road and being number, you know, candidate number 325 who submits the resume. It's not the same thing. So if your career is important for you, you need to keep in touch with people. And LinkedIn is just the tool. If you can do it, in, in find a way that works for you. LinkedIn is not the, the, the only way to keep in touch with people. this internship or i got this promotion or, yeah or i just passed this licensing exam i mean it it's really easy to just hop on there leave like a five word comment or something <laughs> things like that i mean that's at least what i've noticed I man i met a bunch of people at vanguard purely through linkedin because i was posting mm. regularly and people would comment and be like oh i didn't even know that that was a thing that you could do or oh that's kind of cool how do you get into that yeah, I definitely think asking people questions uh, that you know, genuinely is a way to get them to open up and really see you as kind of a, a friend or a closer connection. Yeah. How do you, so like, you, you got a network, I mean, let's say you just got fired and you don't have a network. Oh no, worst case scenario. You are seeking, I mean, I guess time to take that two different ways. One, like if you're looking for a job and you have that network, what do you, like you just reach out and I guess two, if you don't have that network and you're looking for a job is it too late okay i'll start with the uh more difficult question and that's great that's the second okay so th the best thing that can happen can happen to you when you look for a job and you feel you have no network is to remember the lesson one day after you onboard into your new position okay we'll, we'll deal now with the crisis management but if you forget about it then next time it's not going to be easier. It's going to be more challenging because maybe the market will not be that easy. And, and when you when you move to the 30s and 40s and 50s, there are other issues at hand. 
So networking is nothing you need to remember only when you're looking for a position. And when you build your network, you start thinking about it, you know, five years into the future, 10 years into the future. And another common mistake for uh, college graduates and, and people in their in the beginning of the, of the career is that they think that networking can only happen with important people, influencer, senior ex, ex VPs, whatever. But the truth is that if you look at your own classmates, some of those people in three years time will work for companies you may want to work for. So you don't need to look for, you know, some star in the sky. Could be people you've worked with, people you, you, you had you know, prior to COVID, you had actual coffee, with, you could have coffee with, or you, you, you managed to be in touch with them. And if you, it, it doesn't, it doesn't change, it doesn't change um, the importance of your network. You could work with people who are not senior, and those people will work for companies that are likely to be your dream employers in three years' time. And when you look at that person, will you go and say, ah, too bad I wasn't, I was never in contact with them after I left the company? Or will you be able to say, ah, I actually know that person. And now I can ask them for some help. And that help can does not have to be necessarily to arrange an interview. It could be some informational interview, letting you know how they feel about the company itself. In some cases, you'll decide not to apply because they have given you inside information that the, the position looks amazing, but it's a, a glorified admin position and you'd uh, rather move elsewhere or do something else. Or they would put, they would be feel comfortable introducing you to the hiring manager and not just to HR. Uh, another concept that many um, people think initially that HR is the solution. HR is the problem. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for all my HR friends, but you know, what what would be the best case after you've spoken to the HR uh, person, Jack? So let's say that Intel in three, min three months time you have a conversation with a human resources uh, representative, then what, what is the best scenario that person is going to do after speaking with you? What are they likely to do? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, if I'm trying to get a job, I guess they'd probably just forward it on to the actual decider, the hiring Excellent. manager. So LinkedIn enables you to bypass the middleman, the HR, and the gatekeeper and find that hiring manager. It's like if you're speaking in terms of, of prospects and, and clients and LinkedIn enables you to find the ideal person, the decision maker that has the need, the budget and the authority to bring you to to their company. So, so the answer may change for job seekers. It could be the hiring manager for salespeople. It could be the, the prospect. It's the same thing. You can bypass the gatekeepers and use LinkedIn to identify and to gain a meaningful introduction into the person that matters most to you. Interesting. That, that definitely seems like a way that people don't always think about, but sounds very logical in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talking to HR doesn't sound like the way to go. HR will, 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 they will advertise the position. So we thank them and then we, buy, but we bypass them. That's the, that's the process I can think of. Okay. Cause they would advertise the position, but they see their job as a screening because if they had 
maybe if all three of us were in their shoes and we received 250 applications in, in 48 hours, we would only transfer three or four or five applications to the hiring manager. And if you play by, by the rules and you simply hit apply, then in most cases, the hiring manager has never read your application. You were blocked off way before. And when I mean try to get an introduction, a meaningful introduction to, to the hiring manager or to the ideal client, I don't promise that the hiring manager is going to say, I'd like to interview in some cases, they will look, will look at your application and say, you know what, I really need someone who knows XYZ. But that's a good lesson, because if you hear XYZ often enough, then you need to do something about XYZ. You need to take a course, you need to reskill, you need to do something else. And if you only applied, then even that information is something that was never shared with you. Gotcha. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I can speak from experience that uh when i was applying to jobs internally uh it was nice to be able to get that it actually gave you the hiring manager name and that felt uh, a lot more i got a lot more uh responses a lot more interviews versus blindly applying to the wider internet so i guess my uh next question kind of hopping off of networking is kind of a main train um Obviously, you've talked about um, how you got into the field a little bit. If someone's thinking about trying to get into basically job placement as a field or sales placement or sales in general, why do you think people go down this line of work? I think that people who start their career today are likely to change their career path faster than anyone before. Sure. Even, even uh, they're likely the workplace is going to change so much in the next five years that trying to have a plan worked out and knowing exactly what you want to do, what you want to accomplish in, in five years time may be unrealistic because after the great resignation and after the return from COVID, maybe the market will, will, will hit some, some some excellent uh, um, position or some some crisis we don't really know so we need to start playing and seeing if that's something that is of interest to us and the only way to do it is to have some baby steps and and, and speak with people who do it and try to 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 work whether it's an in, in intern or a part-time position and really ask yourself is this something i feel fulfilling is this something that would make it when the hard time comes and there will be hard times will i work only for the paycheck or does that job give me something else and even ask yourself what is the meaning of success for you because each of us could have a completely different definition of success and the only one that counts is yours if success to you means xyz then you need to try and see how will those career changes or those trials enable you to get closer to what you want to think about three um three spheres if you like, like like a venn diagram one is what you know okay what you studied and what you you, uh, you accomplished during work 
The second is what you want to do. And the third is what the market requires today. Sure. And try to find a way or the area that touches on at least two. And if you can aim, if you can aim for all three, that means something that the market requires that you are interested in and that you at least in one way or another touched and experienced with that will make it a lot easier for you to land that first position or to get your feet wet and and go that route. Feels like something that someone could definitely build off of, like knowing where where you're at, what you can do, and then also like things that are going to be helpful kind of moving forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of a lot of sense. So if I asked you in three years time about your ideal position, and I'm going to listen to this in April of 2025, what is, how does the ideal position look for you respectively in three years time? For me personally, I feel like it involves a mixture of getting to work and talk with people in terms of client facing and to like team facing. Um, mixed with um, financial analysis and financial portfolio building of some kind using some of the skills that I've spent, you know, thousands of hours building. Um, putting on top of that um, something where I'm also work-life balance isn't like ungodly. Don't really want to work 100 <laughs> hours a week. I'd be okay, you know, 60. Good. Great. No, Jack. That sounds healthy. Um, I suppose I would like more more control over the projects that I, I'm overseeing to to some extent. I, I like the work I do. I think it could just be from a I could do it from an even higher uh, kind of perspective. You know, have because right now you know there's certainly things that come at me from up high and that I don't necessarily agree with or decisions I wouldn't have made. So I guess I would like to be higher up in that in the process so that I'm able to control more of it in a maybe somewhat of a management sense. All right. So if, if I think of it, I, I know um, you you answered me quickly. Maybe some of our listeners here cannot think or don't can't articulate their ideal answer for you know three years. Time. To have that clear picture normally at this age. <laughs> Been out of college the... less than a year and already like yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're outstanding. But what we can suggest is that even if they don't have the answer, that's a question worth asking. Sure. Yeah. And, and if three years time sounds too uh, sci-fi, so maybe the end of the year or something else that they can relate to. And the good news is that when you decide that you want X, then you will find that X a lot faster. If, I'm, if I now I realize I want to become more of a decision maker and a manager, and there will be opportunities for me to be involved in other projects, even if it was only matrix uh, management and only maybe uh, um, stepping in for someone who's uh, been in, uh, overworked with other projects. And that would give you the credentials to become the team leader next time or something that will uh, make you try and get what you want. So simply try to identify why your next step move is is important. Sometimes it's too overwhelming to see the uh, the top of the of the hill. Think about your next step. Where would you like it to be? And and 
only you can answer that question. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, just asking the question might at least get you to brainstorming, and if you're brainstorming, your eyes are open, and you might right. actually see some things. You're, you're not just autopiloting <laughs> to wherever your career takes you. You're kind of in charge. You're driving the boat. Yeah. Um, so I guess kind of heading towards kind of getting a tighter picture on things, what is one thing you wish you knew before you got into the business? And that being, uh, <laughs> what, what did you call it again? It, it's not recruiting. It's well, I think that was just LHH. Right. Yeah. What's that? What's that call? What's the overall business called? Yeah, I guess. LHH is the outplacement business, outplacement. and that's that's a discipline within human resources. Um, my specialty, if you like, is is LinkedIn training or LinkedIn marketing or, or advanced LinkedIn ta tactics. But I'll try to to answer that sure. question. Yeah, go as specific or vague oh. as you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so first thing I'll say is about the independent part as a freelancer, if you'd like, or as a solopreneur. Um, I never realized that collecting is going to be a major part of my time and my resources uh, that was you know you, you naturally you think that if you're good enough then then it'll be clear-cut and uh, smaller companies or companies you, you only do gigs for and the person who's very satisfied with your work is not the person who needs to sign that form and make sure that whatever was promised to you will be transferred at the right date. And uh, I had way too many discussions with accounting uh, departments to, um, to to understand. This is a major part of, uh, of, of working as a freelancer. And no, I, I don't recall uh, knowing that when I when I started. And thinking about the outplacement, HR, and, and, and networking, not only am I a, an accidental LinkedIn specialist, but I'm also an accidental networker. Because right. the way I started with networking is that within LHH, I was uh, uh, initially I was running all sorts of uh, workshops about interviewing skills and stuff like that. And I remember the uh, career center manager asking me to step in for someone who usually did the networking workshop. And I looked at her and as I said, I hate networking. How could I ever <laughs> run it? Because my well, my perception was like, if you're good enough, people know about it and that's it. And everything else is, is unethical. And because I, I had to uh, perform that uh, networking uh, workshop. I did it, and and then that enabled me to think about it and to improve it. And the next time I did it, I needed to to find some realistic ways for non for regular people to network. Okay, I'm not an extrovert. I don't. Uh, when I walk into a room, nothing happens. You know, I don't think of myself as a networking star or anything. But you, you can find ways to network if you're a good listener. And having to run that workshop over and over again has helped me understand the meaning and the significance of networking in my career. Maybe it, it happened even after I ran some, some, some workshops. So 
I'm thankful for that opportunity to step into someone uh, at the last minute and and actually tackle this. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's probably a good note to kind of wrap things up on. Tie it up if in a neat bow. Yep. Want if people have any more questions in regards to kind of LinkedIn and specifically, or are looking to just see exactly what you're doing, um, where's the best place to find you? Thank you very much. The best grade, the best place grade is DanielAlfon.com. There, uh, there's a way to to reach out and to message me. There are free articles there. There's. Uh, um, a newsletter once a month, a giveaway about improving uh, one uh, one's uh, LinkedIn profile headline, and uh, if they reach out to me and they say, well, I'll listen to the cool talks and I have a question, I'll be glad to answer. Sounds good. Well, other than that, we hope you guys enjoyed, hopefully learned a thing or two. And if there's anything else you guys have any sort of questions about, definitely let us know down in the comment section or reach out to Daniel. Other than that, hope you guys had a good one. Bye!